It's all going to zero against Bitcoin. It's going up forever, Warren. Welcome to Simply Bitcoin Live. We're your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution of color, breaking news, culture, matic warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. Ladies and gentlemen, another historic moment. There is never a quiet week in Bitcoin. Uh, Fidelity Canada announced that they're going to be allocating 1% of their all-in-one conservative. That's the key word. Conservative ETF portfolio, they're allocating 1% up to 3% into Bitcoin. This is insane. This is a total game changer, especially for the number go up uh, narrative. We're going to break down uh, just the numbers. British HODL did a great job at breaking down and how scarce this is. And if all these asset managers just wanted to allocate th those percentage terms uh, there's just not enough Bitcoin to go around. Like that's just that's just the fact. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what we're witnessing right now is the world learning about they're really gonna get a lesson on absolute scarcity. Nothing in human history has ever provided something like this. The only other thing that you could say had some type of scarcity as well, which is gold. But the thing about gold is that you don't know how much gold is in the ground. You don't know how much gold is floating in outer space. I know for a fact that there's 21 million Bitcoin. I could audit that myself. I run my own node. Uh, you know, I know that there's 21 million Bitcoin. I know what the supply is right now. That's going to be the max supply. Uh, there's still a couple million left to be mined. Uh, this is crazy. So, you know, get yourself like if, if you don't have exposure to Bitcoin at this point, I don't know what you're doing. And what I predict is going to happen in the next couple of years is that public companies, nation states, uh, whatever, whatever you think about, it's not going to be an option to not have Bitcoin in some type of uh, uh, some not have some type of Bitcoin exposure. I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I think you would actually be hurting yourself or your clients if you're a money manager uh, because it's becoming incredibly obvious what is happening right now. And of course, why is this happening? Well, it's because of Bitcoin's incentives. Michael said we played you guys uh, the video. It was like a 10 minute video in yesterday's episode of Michael Saylor flexing to Wall Street, literally him and then next to him, how MicroStrategy has performed since they've adopted the Bitcoin strategy. And clearly it's the winning strategy. And obviously the world is waking up to that. Larry Fink doesn't go on legacy finance media and, you know, say all these wonderful things about Bitcoin compared to what he was saying, you know, in 2017, how it was, quote unquote, an index for money laundering. You don't have him advocating for Bitcoin, saying that Bitcoin is a uh, flight to quality if the incentives weren't there, right? If the market need wasn't there, if people weren't asking for this, they clearly see the writing on the wall. And the question is, you know, how much are you going to be able to accumulate 
you know, before the music stops, right? Before, you know, truly the world starts to wake up to this. And here's the other thing, guys, right? You have that famous adoption curve, right? The innovators in the very beginning, then the early adopters, you know, then the early majority. I really think we're jumping the chasm. I think we're going from, you know, the early adopters into the early majority stage. I think that's what you're going to see uh, either this cycle or the cycle coming up. I really think that big Bitcoin is starting to head into the mainstream. So really exciting stuff. In other news, what we're going to cover during the numbers is this. It's a pretty old clip, but I think it is also uh, uh, an indication of, exa of, of an example of what the geopolitical implications of a Bitcoin standard are like what how the relationship between the individual and state are going to fundamentally change. Uh, this has been predicted by Bitcoiners and by this book called The Sovereign Individual that we literally reference, you know, at least every other episode about how information technologies were going to uh, enable freedoms, the likes of which humanity has never seen before. And we're seeing that we're seeing that not only with uh, individuals allowing to, uh, you know, choose basically choose their own money, right? What money works for what money works for them, but also from the information side, uh, it was a historic, like, you know, however, which way you feel about, uh, however, which way you feel about these certain divisive figures, right? Whether it's Tucker or Alex Jones or, you know, or, or it, 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 these people that you might not necessarily agree with the fact that they're getting a voice, the fact that they're platformed, um, you know, I, I think is a testament to how things are going to be working in the information age. You can't silence every anybody, right? And I think that governments have been used to operating in a way where they've been used to controlling uh, the information flows, right? There is only a handful of legacy media outlets that have been used in the past to, you know, tell the population a certain narrative, right? Back in 2001, that was, you know, the whole weapons of mass destruction. The New York Times was used in that case. And not too long ago, the Wall Street Journal was used uh, to try to convince people that, you know, Bitcoin was used to uh, enable money laundering by terrorists, right? So now that the internet is propagating, it allows individuals like you and I to literally buy a camera, buy a microphone, and now we can communicate directly peer to peer, right? So the world is being disintermediating, disintermediating in information and in money. It's all happening at once and it's causing a little bit of chaos, but if you're a Bitcoiner and you have your Bitcoin in self-custody, you're just watching on the sidelines eating popcorn because this is quite entertaining. And it also gives me and Opti something to talk about. Speaking of Opti, Opti up on stage. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing wonderful. Another day in paradise. Life is good, man. Uh, but actually, before we move on, Nico, I, I think it's fitting. Someone in the chat asked, uh, what was the question? Sorry, guys. It said something on uh, prices up. Why? Very simply, guys, is because demand is exceeding supply. And I think this news story today. We'll, we'll, covering, we'll get we'll get yeah, to exactly. it. Like, the reason exactly. the price pumped, ladies and gentlemen, was because of the Fidelity news. That is a it big deal. It's a very, very big deal. And it also tells you where this is going. Now, to be fair, because I, it was reported a certain way on Bitcoin Twitter, which was 
It was reported in the sense that Fidelity is allocating. No, it's Fidelity Canada. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about Bitcoin's incentives. Once it succeeds in Fidelity Canada, where do you think it's going after, right? It's inevitably coming to the States, right? It's inevitably spreading everywhere. The Bitcoin freedom virus is spreading. There's nothing anyone could do about it. The incentives are going to win. My money's on incentives versus coercion. Anything that the governments and these powerful NGOs and international organizations all they have is coercion, right? All they have is, you know, misrepresentations. They try to spin things a certain way. We have the truth on our side. We have incentives on our side. Who do you think is going to win that race in the long term? Um, you know where my money's at, literally. Anyways, Opti, uh, what are we going to talk about during the culture? I mean, there was a very powerful clip you and I were talking about uh, yeah, yeah, on air before. Definitely. So on today's culture, you know, it is about the culture and not necessarily about me just propagating the culture, but also social commentary about culture at large. And this morning we saw a clip come out of Stephen A. Smith, uh, ESPN sports broadcaster, and even he is asking about money printing and what is going on. And then I'm going to compare that. Nico and I will have this discussion about Janet Yellen the other day, basically saying that, uh, oh, we have to crack down on everything that's not a security, aka Bitcoin. And you can just see the the dichotomy going on where the average person is starting to wake up and realize, oh my God, there, there is a problem going on and we need new ideas. We need no more excuses. We need actual solutions. And I think everyone that is even semi awake right now that that still has a brain is looking out in the world and is like, what is going on? Why are they printing so much money for all these different causes? And how does this benefit me? And again, guys, we are all self-interested at the very end of the day. And then we have the power, the people, the powers that be, the people in power basically saying, oh, yeah, we should clamp down on the only viable solution as far as we see. And, and it's just it's absolutely crazy that we're seeing this. And it really just just goes to show that 2024, in my opinion, and I'm not the only one that's saying this, is going to be one of those years where people are looking at the fiat world and they're like, oh my God, we can't keep going down this path. Remember we had Jerome, uh, yeah, Jerome Powell say this, we had Jay Powell say this the other day, that we're an unsustainable fiscal path. And the only thing that the fiat world has going for them is that they need more people. And yet more people are looking at the landscape and they're like, wait, we need to escape the fiat world. What is going on right now? And of course, we think the solution is simply Bitcoin. So we'll have a good discussion today. We'll actually have a discussion today. We're going to play some videos for you, but we'll, we'll actually talk about this and, and talk about what's going on in culture at large for once. 100%, 100%. Guys, if you're enjoying the show, it really helps with the YouTube algos. Smash that like button. If you're watching us on Rumble, smash that like button as well. And if, of course, you're watching us on X, you could smash that like button also. It really, really, really helps us. And we really, truly appreciate it. All right, guys, no more delay. Let's jump straight into the show. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to our flagship sponsor, Bitcoin Well. Enable, your in, enable independence, future-proof your money buy Bitcoin with Bitcoin Well. It's the first self-custody by default Bitcoin on-ramp in the United States. They're a publicly traded Canadian company, which recently recently expanded to all 50 states. Future 
proof your money. Guys, check out bitcoinwell.com today. Sign up. They also want you to help the community to help build this platform out. Uh, they want you to get involved. So if you guys have any ideas, any feedback, uh, shoot me a DM, shoot uh, the Bitcoin well on Twitter, a DM uh, and uh, help us build the best self-custody Bitcoin platform in the US. It's the first one. And it's really important because guys, remember, self-custody is the revolution. All right, guys, let's get to the numbers. The Bitcoin numbers. Is your Bitcoin in cold storage really secure? Is your seed phrase really secure? Stamp Seeds Do-It-Yourself Kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper. Don't store your generational wealth on paper. Paper is prone to water damage, fire damage. You want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet Earth, titanium. Your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps. And once your words are in, they aren't going anywhere. No risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere. Titanium stamped seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire. They're also crush proof, waterproof, non-corrosive and time proof. All things that paper is not allowing you to huddle your Bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul. Stamp your seed on Stamp Seed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I made it incredibly easy for you guys. You could scan the QR code on your screen right now. It'll take you directly to the Stamp Seed website where you can use promo code simply get 15% off anything on their site. Remember, guys, if you don't properly secure your Bitcoin wallet, uh, your Bitcoin uh, seed words, uh, how are you going to hand it over to your grandchildren and your children's grandchildren and the grandchildren after that, the multi-generational thing? That's why you got to store your backup, your seed words on titanium. Check out Stamp Seed promo code simply. At the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is 45095 Sats per dollar, 2218 Block height, 829546 Blocks to having, 10454 Having estimate, April 19, 2024. Total Lightning Network capacity, 4,750 Bitcoin. Capacity value, 214 million US dollars. Realized monetary inflation, 1.75%. The market capitalization of Bitcoin currently sitting at $884 billion. Bitcoin versus gold market cap, 6.42%. Anyways, this is the... Uh, on. Can we get some horns for 45K? Let's go. Are we into the next leg of the bull market? Oh, man, it feels good. It does feel good. It does feel good. I want a quick word from Yellow. Don't stop believing. Hodl to that feeling. Thank you, Yellow. Anyways, uh, so this video made the rounds uh, yesterday. And it's it's a pretty old video, but it's essentially uh, out of all people, Barack Obama promoting Bitcoin. Great, it's amazing. Um, but it also shows something very, very. It, it, it signifies something as well. Um, and essentially, what it signifies is how governments really view you, right? Like how how nation states, how how the state views you, right? Uh, you can't have privacy. You can't have total encryption. That's a problem. That's an issue. Um, so 
I'll play you guys the video and, uh, and then we'll talk about it. And I'll read you some quotes from the sovereign individual because, ladies and gentlemen, what is happening right now is an inflection point. And whether it's politicians like Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, literally saying the choir part out loud that, you know, uh, quote unquote, cryptocurrencies uh, could be a potential threat to nation states. Right. That's literally Hillary Clinton's words. Um, you know, these aren't stupid people. These are highly educated people. Very, very, very powerful people. Um, and, you know, they're seeing the writing on the wall. Now, here's the thing, though. The return on violence and their ability to control is diminished when a system or a network is decentralized. That's why platforms like Nostr are so important, or sorry, protocols like Nostr are so important. That's why Bitcoin is so important. And that's why decentralization is so important. And that's something that no other cryptocurrency except for Bitcoin has been able to achieve. Right. Because if it isn't decentralized. Inevitably, the state will co-opt it, it will shut it down. And I'll give you I'll give you an example, I'll give you guys an example of kind of how difficult it is to shut down a, you know, a decentralized grassroots movement. Um, if you take a look at the Afghanistan war or if you take a look at the uh, Vietnam war. Right. You had the United States of America, the most powerful military on the face of the planet. Right. With, you know, the latest and greatest technology. Um, and they weren't able to uh, defeat uh, in, you know, in uh, in in Afghanistan, you know, well-armed goat herders. Right. That were very, very motivated. And in Vietnam, right, rice farmers, right? Of course, not all of them were rice farmers, but a big, a big part of the population were, right? You know, these were farmers. These were, you know, not necessarily the wealthiest people, but they believed and uh, they were able to defeat one of the strongest militaries on the face of the planet. Why? Because it was a decentralized movement. It was a, it was a bottom up movement, right? And again. I'm an American. I'm an American. I love the U.S. I love I, I love the United States of America. But just to kind of give you an idea, because it's one of the talking points is you see this very, very powerful nation state as this giant monolith that can't be defeated. But the reality is that they're really, really good. And this was one of Satoshi's like original quotes. Right. Governments are really, really good at, you know, shutting down, you know, centralized entities uh, but decentralized entities seem to be holding their own, right? It's kind of like a paraphrase of Satoshi's quote, but it goes something along those lines. So just something to keep in mind uh, before I play this video. And uh, another thing that I wanted to mention also is I think that something like Bitcoin, right, and taking the power away from Washington, D.C., my personal view is that is the most American thing that can happen. That was, that was, you know, it, it is called the United States of America, right? Individual states with separate laws. And this is a, a country that values individualism. And I think what Bitcoin is going to enable is it's going to enable the U.S. to go back to its roots, right? Which were Frankensteined in 1913 with the uh, establishment of the Federal Reserve, 
right, which caused a tremendous amount of uh, it centralized a tremendous amount of power in Washington, D.C. And also, coincidentally, the establishment of the federal income tax, which was also um, it was also adopted. It also started in 1913. So uh, what happened in 1913? It's time to uh, put the money back in the hands of the people and out of the hands of the politicians. The politicians had 100 years right since 1913 more than 100 100 years and what ron paul has said it's not a coincidence that the you know the century of central banking was also one of the bloodiest centuries in human history that is not a coincidence ladies and gentlemen it's time to try something new anyways let's let's check out the clip the question we now have to ask is if technologically it is possible to make an impenetrable device or system where the encryption is so strong that there's no key, there's no door at all. What mechanisms do we have available to even do simple things like tax enforcement? Because if, in fact, you can't crack that at all, government can't get in, then everybody's walking around with a Swiss bank account in their pocket. Precisely. The question we now have to ask is if technologically it is possible. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. Like, yes, that's that's the whole point. That is the whole point. Right. And again, this was shout out to this book. If you haven't read it yet, I highly, highly recommend it. Let me read this passage first um, and uh, we'll go from there. Taxing capacity in the leading nation states will fall away by 50 to 70 percent, while it will prove far more difficult to reduce spending in an orderly way. And that's the issue here. Right. And he said it is like tax enforcement. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about federal income tax. Right. That's a whole other debate. Right. You know, obviously you don't pay your taxes. Uh, you know, you're in trouble. But with the current spending Tax revenue alone is not enough. The U.S. spends between $1 trillion to $2 trillion every single year more than it collects in tax revenue, even though it collects more tax revenue year after year, right? So the government doesn't have a tax collecting problem. It has a spending problem, which we are going to cover during the culture segment because every day, Influential people are starting to realize what Bitcoiners have been screaming from the rooftops for very long now, right? So anyways, I'm going to read you these passages from the sovereign individual because it will kind of give you an idea. And I want you guys to connect the dots with what former President Obama just said, right? Anyways, it goes on to say, genius will be unleashed, freed from both the oppression of government and the drags of racial and ethnic prejudice. In the information society, no one who is truly able will be uh, able will be detained by the ill-informed opinions of others. It will not matter what most of the people on earth might think of your race, your looks, your age, your sexual proclivities, or the other way the uh, the way you wear your hair. In the cyber economy, they will never see you. The ugly, the fat, the old, the disabled will vile with the the young and beautiful on equal terms in an utterly colorblind anonymity on the new frontiers of cyberspace. 
New technologies will allow the holders of wealth to bypass the national monopolies that have issued and regulated money in the modern period. Their importance for controlling the world's wealth would be transcended by mathematical algorithms that have no physical existence. In the new millennium, cyber money controlled by private markets will supersede fiat money issued by governments. It goes on to say, lacking their accustomed scope to tax and inflate, governments even in traditionally civil countries will turn nasty. As income tax becomes uncollectible, older or more arbitrary methods of extraction will resurface. The ultimate form of withholding tax, a de facto or even overt hostage taking, will be introduced by governments desperate to prevent wealth from escaping beyond their reach. Unluckily, unlucky individuals will find themselves singled out and held to ransom in an almost medieval fashion. Businesses that offer, the, offer services that facilitate the realization of autonomy by individuals will be subject to infiltration, sabotage, and disruption. Arbitrary forfeiture of property already commonplace in the United States, where it occurs 5,000 times a week, will become even more pervasive. Governments will violate human rights and censor the free flow of information, sabotage useful technologies, and worse. So This is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. We're transitioning from this old era into this new era. And it's really fundamentally, it's been enabled by the internet. The internet has enabled this new type of freedom, um, either via information and Bitcoin, right? And you have to ask yourself, where do you want to, you know, where do you want to find yourself in this transition, right? Do you want to get caught, left behind? Uh, do you still want to be consuming? And I have nothing against the legacy media, but do you still want to be taking everything that the legacy media says at face value? Or perhaps do you want to start doing your own research? Do you want to start consuming media from multiple sources and make your own opinion rather than taking what, you know, a government or the media says directly at face value, right? This is a new world we're heading into. And, you know, of course, governments, you know, established media sources would like you to believe that, you know, everything they say is 100% certain, but these are the same, and of course, to keep it Bitcoin-centric, these are the same, you know, officials that were telling us that there was going to be no inflation. These are the same officials that are telling you that, you know, the price of Thanksgiving is actually cheaper than the year before, right? These are the same people that are telling you the economy is improving, even though you go to the supermarket and you know the sticker the sticker shock is is the sticker shock the prices don't lie right so you know i don't think they have any legs to stand on to lecture us on what we know is true and what we know is isn't true i think the internet is an inconvenience i think when very powerful politicians get community noted by the people right, on social media platforms, it's an inconvenience to them because they've been used to operating in a system where they've had a total control on the flows of information. Those days are slowly coming to an end, like the book The Sovereign Individuals is completely described. And now going back to what uh, former President Barack Obama was saying, like, yeah, that's the whole point of Bitcoin, right? And 
essentially what that book also predicted is that essentially because of this newfound power, the relationship will change and it will become, and instead of it being like this, you're the citizen of a country and essentially, you know, you pay these taxes, you know, this is the way it is. It starts to become a more business-like relationship where the better flag theory comes into play, where you'll see Bitcoiners and other sovereign individuals start to pick and choose what jurisdictions they live in based on the laws of that specific jurisdiction. And remember, because of the internet, now you can work from anywhere around the world, right? So you got to arm yourself with this information. You got to arm yourself with the ability to properly secure your Bitcoin, uh, your Bitcoin, right? And we literally, all of our sponsors are literally tailored to uh, to uh, help you through this process, right? So Bitcoin was self-custody by default, right? Foundation, passport, hardware wallet, uh, stamp seed, like literally they will walk you through this process of taking back your uh, sovereignty with Bitcoin and then using the tools that you, using the different tools that uh, you can uh, you can use to enable that. Um, anyways, dude, like I'm, I'm just, doesn't surprise me. Um, but you know, I, I think they're saying the quiet part out loud. I think they're, you know, they're seeing the writing on the wall and they're like, holy crap. Like, you know, uh, uh this is, this is some crazy stuff, but you kind of see like some, some totalitarianism, like slip out of the cracks there. Like, yeah, like we, as a government, we need to be able to access, you know, everyone's information and everyone's account you know, at a flick of a switch. And again, like, it's very difficult to like, it's very in, in, in a perfect world where, you know, these powers weren't abused. You can make the argument that, okay, maybe that would be a better system. But as a Bitcoiner who does the show with BTC sessions, I never forget the Canadian truckers protest. My friend, Ben, was persecuted for being a Bitcoiner, right? And, you know, however which way you believe about, you know, the truckers protest, aren't these Western democracies, isn't freedom of speech protected? Aren't you allowed to protest, uh, uh, you know, against your government in a peaceful manner? And it seems like they cut off people's bank accounts because of their political beliefs. And that didn't only just happen in Canada, that also happened in the U.S. And this is common all this is common all over the world where they do this stuff. So I'm sorry if a politician is lecturing me about how, yeah, it's a bad thing that people have a Swiss bank account in their pocket. I believe that the world would be a much better place if people had a Swiss bank account in their pocket, AKA Bitcoin, because it would actually be a check on power on the politicians that have abused that power against the people. That's my belief. Anyways, uh, Opti, what's your take on all this? Yeah, well, remember, Nico, free speech is dangerous to our democracy. You know, you can't make up your mind for yourself because you're not smart enough for whatever they think about us. Uh, of course, I'm being sarcastic, guys, before I'm taken out of context. But I, I, I think, you know, if you're watching this show, like you guys are smart, you see the writing on the wall. And I, I'm glad that this video makes its round every other couple of years, because it goes to something I've been saying for a while. You know, it it it's very easy to think that the people in power don't know what's going on or they're not that smart. But I am very convinced, especially after covering 
all the stuff we covered last year that at least at a very high level, the people in power know exactly what Bitcoin does and they're absolutely terrifying. They're shaking in their boots. And personally, I, I think it's absolutely hilarious that Obama uh, said the statement as as it's like a seemingly bad thing that all of us have Swift's bank accounts in our pockets when like now an average person can have a Swiss bank account. You don't have to be some ridiculously wealthy person to have a Swiss bank account. Like this is good for all of us, you know, impenetrable money, censorship resistant money, debasement proof money, permissionless money. Like all this sounds very good to me as just an average citizen that looks at the incredible amount of money printing and the dystopian path that we are going as a civilization as a whole. This is the stuff that should be terrifying you that, oh, wait, they want us to be corralled in a money that they can completely control like the government not being able to get to my money is a good thing this is a feature not a bug the separation of money and state most of our problems are because and then then just just to be clear like because you know it it, like like it's not like anarchy right like yeah of course like if you commit a crime right the old-fashioned way is you know like you knock on the door but that's not what they're advocating for they're advocating for mass surveillance and they're advocating for essentially a God switch to essentially shut down the money of whoever they see fit. And then they're like, trust us, we won't use these central bank digital currencies against you. Even though history has shown that when governments have that much power, they have time and time and time again, especially if they get pushed into a corner, have used that power against their citizens, right? So essentially what Bitcoin is, is a check on that power. And someone actually put in a really good comment because I did remember this on Andreas Antonopoulos quote, which is Andreas says, it's a bank in your pocket, not a bank account. That's completely correct. Bitcoin, if you have Bitcoin in self-custody and you're running your own node, recommend the start nine, by the way, uh, there's a link in the description. Um, super awesome. It's like, it's a powerhouse. Um, you are running your own bank is essentially right. And I think, you know, more people all around the world empowering themselves with Bitcoin, I think would make the world a much better place. And I'll say this guys, because I think a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, the angling and how they convince you is essentially like, look, like if this happened, it would be chaos. Like we need to control the monetary policy. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that, I truly believe that if you fix the inflationary issue, which is going to fish a lot, uh, fix a lot of the economic woes that people are experiencing all over the world, I think a lot of the tensions, a lot of the violence would go away because the sin, maybe I'm naive to say this, but I mean, look at El Salvador. Um, like, I think a lot of the tensions would go away because it would actually allow people to uh to put food on the table with their families uh it like it would actually allow people to think about the future to earn in the money that isn't being debased right i don't think it's a coincidence that the first country that made bitcoin legal tender uh has re-elected the most popular president in the americas he won the vote by 87 percent. i think if you fix 
the base layer of society, you fix the incentive structure and actually politicians are incentivized to do good by their uh, to do good by their constituents. I think that's the reality of that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being naive. But I mean, look at El Salvador. Like, is that a coincidence? Like what happens if the next country that makes Bitcoin legal tender all of a sudden life starts to improve in the same way? I think people underestimate how big of a role money plays in society. It's a big, like, it's a big thing. It's half of every transaction. And could you imagine if that base layer of society was fundamentally rotten to the core? That's what fiat money is. And I think it truly brings out the worst of humanity. It like it makes humans act like total savages because in the fiat system, a bureaucratic elite, a powerful elite benefit from it while everyone else gets poorer. Bitcoin is a silent protest. It's a peaceful revolution against that fiat debasement and theft. That's, you know, to put it bluntly, that's what it's all about. Anyways, hey, wait, hey, wait, Nico, before we go on, I, I see we're, we're running pretty long on the numbers. Uh I'm going to double down on what you said. Essentially, what Obama is saying is like, hey, uh, let us steal from you. Uh, just let us do it easily. And, and you can either use the money that steals from you, a.k.a. dollars, or you can sell those dollars and use a money that can't steal from you. Like, it, it's a very simple choice. And and actually, you asked a rhetorical question. I don't have to imagine that world, Nico. We are living that world yeah. where the, <laughs> the money is broken and it's corrupt and it is rotten. This is the world we live in. This is the status quo. A hundred percent. This is the status quo and it's time for a change. It's time to try something new. We don't need politics in order to achieve this. All you got to do is opt out by buying Bitcoin, earning Bitcoin, mining Bitcoin, and taking that Bitcoin into self-custody. All right, everybody, let's get some news. We got a lot to talk about. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to get into Bitcoin mining and don't know where to start? That's why I want to introduce you to Scott's Build a Mine Bootcamp. He will show you how to build your own Bitcoin mine, how to get the project funded, how to get your facility filled with miners as quickly as possible. With a little luck and by putting all his techniques and strategies to work that he's developed mining Bitcoin for the last six years, you could be mining 5 million Satoshis per day or 0.05 Bitcoin in less than three months. On the free webinar, he will give you a high level roadmap that will help you get on your way to building, owning, and operating your own Bitcoin mining farm. Begin your mining journey today. Register for the free webinar now. Click the link in the description of the video below or contact Scott directly on Telegram using his handle at OfferedScott and learn how to mine those precious, precious Satoshis. The Daily News. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Foundation Devices. It's self-custody done right. They built a premium grade hardware wallet called Passport right here in the US. It's fully open source and verifiable. It's the most intuitive Bitcoin wallet designed with a UX reminiscent of a simple feature phone. So you will know how to navigate it and use it the moment you pick it up. Get your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your into your own hands in just a few minutes. Experience the peace of mind that comes with taking ownership of your own keys. After a massive sellout during Bitcoin Miami 2023, the passport is back in stock at foundationdevices.com. Bitcoin only, open source verifiable, completely air gap security model, gorgeous design craft, premium grade materials. If you're thinking about getting your Bitcoin off exchanges, this is the one for you. Check out the passport link in the show notes below to learn more. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I made it incredibly easy for you guys. You could scan the QR code right now and it'll take you directly to Scott's Build a Mine Bootcamp. Learn how to build your own Bitcoin mine. Also, check out Passport by Foundation Devices. Get yourself a hardware wallet. Remember, guys, not your keys, not your cheese. You want a Swiss bank account in your pocket? Definitely need it. You need, definitely need a uh, hardware wallet. And of course, we recommend our sponsor, Passport by Foundation. All right, quick ETF treasury update. Uh, let's check it out. The uh, BlackRock, let's refresh this. Maybe it's changed. The BlackRock, yes, it has changed. That's what I thought. Uh, it's up from 76,000 to 78,000 Bitcoin. The Fidelity, uh, it seems to have been, I think it's about the same, which is 66,000 Bitcoin. So clearly the inflows are coming in. There's more inflows than there are outflows. So uh, man, uh, institutional interest continues to rise. And remember guys, there's not enough to go around. But I do wanna cover this topic today because it is the big topic of the day. Fidelity is now allocating spot Bitcoin to their all-in-one conservative ETF. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a big effing deal. This is a big, big deal because it is putting Bitcoin on equal footing, right? To a lot of these other, uh, you know, a lot of these other investments. So investment grade debt, 59%, US equities, you know, roughly 20%, international equities, roughly 10%, Canadian equities, roughly 10%, cryptocurrencies, of course, it's Bitcoin, the Fidelity Advantage Bitcoin ETF, 1%, global equities, 1%, money market, uh, uh, cash, other assets, uh, barely nothing or negative, whatever. Um, the point is, though, is here's what's gonna happen. Right. And Michael Saylor uh, said this yesterday. And I love this website because, uh, you know, it's priced in Bitcoin. We always advocate for saving in Bitcoin. Ladies and gentlemen, Bitcoin has outperformed everything. Everything has gotten cheaper if you're saving in Bitcoin. Right. Uh, you know, U.S. dollar, oil, gold, S&P 500, you, you know, United States, uh, you know, the medium housing price. It's anywhere between uh, the low 90% to 80%. That That's how eight, literally things have gotten 90 to 80% cheaper if you've been saving in Bitcoin. And this is with everything, commodities, uh, equity markets, uh, bond markets. Bitcoin is just taking this to absolute school. Housing, uh, your wages, right? <laughs> if you're saving in Bitcoin, you put a per percentage of your wages in Bitcoin. Uh, yes, uh, you've gotten wealthier. So what's going to happen with this allocation is it's going to start outperforming these other allocations. And when, what happens when that 1% allocation starts outperforming those other allocations? Well, ladies and gentlemen, guess what? You start to increase that allocation. It starts to get bigger, right? And this is one of the theories by Kathy Wood, ARK Invest, in her uh, Bitcoin prediction for 2030, she had two, she had three predictions. She had the base case, which is two hundred fifty eight thousand. She had the uh, sorry the 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 bear case two hundred fifty eight thousand. Uh, the bull case six hundred forty eight thousand, and the bull case one point five million. Um, and one of the cases that she was making was that uh, these asset managers would put a percentage or two or three into uh, Bitcoin. By 2030, ladies and gentlemen, it's 2024. It just turned 2024. This is already happening in Canada. And when this succeeds in Canada, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to come to the U.S. 
right? So you want to know why Elizabeth Warren was freaking the F out and she was like writing letters to Fidelity, like about the ETF. You want to know why Gary Genzer was like grinding his teeth? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, we accepted it, but like, this is a bad idea. This is why. I think this is going to make bonds look horrible. And if people aren't buying bonds, the governments are in, 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 in a problem. And now connect that with what I was talking about with Barack Obama and the sovereign individual. And you kind of get where I'm going with this, right? Anyways, um, it goes on to say this, according to this article by CCN.com, Fidelity all-in-one ETF allocates up to 3%. Currently, it's at 1%. And Bitcoin as institutional crypto investing normalized. And I think that's really, really important. And I also want to say it's institutional Bitcoin investing normalized. Uh, it goes on to say Fidelity Investments Canada has incorporated a 1% to 3% Bitcoin allocation into its all-in-one assets allocation fund, which includes Spot Bitcoin ETF. The development represents a low-cost solution that adheres to an integrated strategic asset allocation model and consistent portfolio rebalancing underscores Fidelity's innovative approach to investment in Canada. It goes on to say... Fidelity adds Bitcoin to balance uh, ETF sparks, sparks bullish rally. And that's exactly what happened when people saw this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a big deal. We shot up from the uh, high uh, 42,900 range, uh, 42,900 to the low 40, 43,000. And we shot up in 24 hours to 45,000. This is why this is a big deal. It's a very, very big deal. And I'll get into the numbers of why this is such a big deal. Here's, of course, uh, Adam Back, who was you know, cited in the Satoshi, uh, the original Bitcoin white paper. And of course, he has the Lord of the Rings, you know, the the Orokai scene, uh, the, you know, the the two towers, the second Lord of the Rings movie, you know, where they have where the Orokai are trying to, you know, siege the fort. Um, anyways, uh, legendary movie, but you know, there is a, there's a scene in that movie where, you know, the battle begins. And of course the King of Rohan is like, and so it begins and very, very fitting. Right. And Adam back goes on to say, and so it begins fidelity, putting respectively 1% conservative, he put in parentheses, conservative 2.5% balanced and 3.1% aggressive Bitcoin via their Bitcoin ETF in general managed fund all in one ETF. Yes, Adam Back is 100% a spot on and so it begins. Yes, it begins because this is going to prove. This is going to prove without a shadow of a doubt that having Bitcoin in your portfolio, whoever you are, a business, a large institution, a publicly traded company is not an option. It's a necessity because if you don't do it, you'll be left behind by people that do do it. Now let's talk about Fidelity a little bit. Of course, this is Fidelity Canada, but I'm sure that if it, when it works in Fidelity Canada, it will come to the United States. So Take a look at how big Fidelity is. Let's run the numbers. Uh, this is from their official website. Nearly 50 million individual investors, $12.6 trillion assets under management, $4.9 trillion total uh, discretionary assets. Now, uh, British HODL had some good takes, but before I get to that, 
Uh, here's Bitcoin Magazine. Fidelity Digital Assets says they're bullish on the short, mid, and long term for Bitcoin, and uh, it has the outlook. So the short term outlook for Bitcoin, according to Fidelity, is positive. The mid term, one to five years, is positive, and the long term is positive. I would put extremely positive right there, to be honest with you. Uh, but you guys get the point. Now, here's the British HODL tweets, and I think it really kind of breaks down and gets into the details of this and why it's so significant. Uh, before I read this, guys, remember, remember, there are 60 to 70 uh, million millionaires all around the world. There's only 21 million Bitcoin, meaning if every single millionaire around the world wanted to get just one Bitcoin, they physically could not do it. There's not enough Bitcoin to get to go around. And I wanted to say that just to describe Bitcoin's absolute scarcity. This is unique to Bitcoin. Uh, there's nothing in the world like it. And uh, here, British HODL, I think, hits the nail on the head with this tweet. He goes on to say, forget existing assets under management. That's already insane to think about. If we're building a future where 1% of every new dollar that BlackRock, Fidelity, and their counterparts take in every year will be finding its way into Bitcoin within three to five years, in my opinion. To put it into perspective, BlackRock bought an extra $900 billion under management uh, from 2021 to two, from from 2021 to 2022, this allocation would represent a nine billion dollar yearly inflow just from new capital from just BlackRock's new inflow. Uh, Bank of America multiple says nine billion equals one trillion added per year to market cap. Um, and then he goes on to describe uh, this situation. So based on my estimates, in 2024 there will be 218 thousand Bitcoin mine in 2025, there will be 164,000 Bitcoin mine, a total of 382,000 Bitcoin over 2024 and 2025. For BlackRock and Fidelity to allocate 1% of their assets to Bitcoin over the next next two years at a price of 45,000, they will need to buy 3.2 million Bitcoin. Ladies and gentlemen, there is not enough Bitcoin for them to buy with the existing uh, amount of Bitcoin being mined. And mind you, that is only Fidelity and BlackRock. That's not taking to account someone following in another billionaire following in Michael Saylor's footsteps. That is not taking into account another public, publicly traded company following MicroStrategy's strategy right? Just to kind of give you an idea of the potential supply shock coming. You saw that at that meme by Adam back, very, very fitting. So it begins. This is what's special about Bitcoin. Remember, gold is not like this. When the price of gold goes up, what happens? More gold is mined out of the ground, right? When the price of Bitcoin goes up, you can't mine more Bitcoin. And every four years, that supply gets cut in half no matter no matter what it's just the law you can't change it just to kind of give you an idea and you want to know why michael saylor is saying it's going up forever laura this is why even if the demand goes higher supply stays the same actually doesn't stay the same gets cut in half right so this is absolutely bullish news this is crazy uh and uh you know if you haven't got yourself Bitcoin yet, or if you haven't helped your friends, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your aunts, your uncles, uh, you know, they're going to get left behind. Unfortunately, they could be left get left behind because when the party gets started, when the music stops, 
uh, yeah, you're going to wish you bought some Bitcoin. Anyways, Opti, what's your take on all this, brother? Yeah, so first off, uh, 1% fidelity. Come on, those are rookie numbers. We need to pump those numbers up. Now, obviously, uh, you know, if, if other... Institutional asset managers also follow the same playbook of, of essentially, you know, the conservative 1% allocation uh, in their conservative fund of Bitcoin. Like we're going to see an insane amounts of demand coming to Bitcoin. And wait, what? Like the dates we were saying, I, I forget who it was. You were just quoting Nico was saying what, like 2030 or whatever. Like we're so ahead in the Bitcoin playbook that it's happening so fast. I think few people understand what is actually happening because you can get caught up in all the noise all the time. And I think this will also be the norm for everyone out there in their conservative funds is just to have a tiny allocation of Bitcoin. We've been saying this for a long time on not only simply Bitcoin, but on Bitcoin Twitter at large that like, look, you don't always have to be a mega bull like us Bitcoiners. Like I would say you should be, but uh, just having a tiny allocation, a conservative allocation of Bitcoin into any portfolio, whether that's like one, five, 10 percent, I think everyone out there will eventually end up at that same point. I would, you know, say that you should probably have more Bitcoin. I'd say you should probably only have Bitcoin, but Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a toxic Bitcoiner. So to me, Bitcoin is the most conservative investment period. Like Bitcoin is the stable coin. Bitcoin is the conservative thing that you should be holding right now. Considering if you understand anything going on in the fiat traditional financial world, like you do not want to be holding dollars long-term. Hence why all of us Bitcoiners are always saying, you know, go all in, hold as much Bitcoin as humanly possible, because you never know what is actually going to happen in the traditional financial world. You know, they, the Fed and every central banks around the world seem to have engineered a soft landing, but at the same time, they have completely decimated your savings. They've debased the currency and you cannot save in dollars anymore. Anyone that is aware of anything knows that you do not save in dollars. But that just means that that uh, Main Street, the average person out there is getting absolutely decimated because they don't have capital to invest in real estate or, you know, assets or treasury bonds, or maybe they don't even want to. Like I'm I'm a I would used to be a very adamant, just like put my dollars under the mattress kind of guy until I realized that all I had to do is save in Bitcoin. And so as we see Fidelity do a conservative investment of 1% for their fund, and now we'll see it succeed. I know for a fact we'll see it succeed. It's going to unleash a domino effect into every other asset manager in the world, and they will all have to have a quote-unquote conservative investment in Bitcoin. They won't have that, a choice. Yeah, dude. exactly. They yeah, but at least 1%. They won't have a choice because they're going to be embarrassed. They're going to be taken to school. Like, And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, when we showed you that video of the Chad Saylor yesterday, uh, like him talking, like making all his theories and talking about all his theories about how Bitcoin's a superior asset. He purposely put the results, the proof of work right next to him. And it clearly showed that micro strategy 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 of accumulating Bitcoin and putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet was the right effing move. 
right? So it doesn't matter how much propaganda, how much spin, how much, whatever you throw at this, whatever politicians are going to be able to throw at this, it doesn't matter. The numbers speak for themselves. You cannot resist Bitcoin's incentives. That's why you have people like Larry Fink going from Bitcoin is all, it's an index of money laundering to use his words to fast forward five years later, Bitcoin is actually a flight to quality. Like that's why you have that. That's Bitcoin's irresistible incentives. And it's an effing black hole. It's just going to suck everything up. And that's why it's going up forever, Laura. Anyways, before we move on to the culture, I do want to give a very special shout out to uh, our sponsor, Bitcoin Evangelism, planting seeds for the decentralized revolution. This is a book by my buddy, Brian DeMint. And it's an absolute beast of a resource for orange pilling no coiners and altcoiners alike. This is a book for Bitcoiners who know Bitcoin, but have a hard time explaining it to their friends. It's a book for Bitcoiners who are trying to explain Bitcoin only to altcoiners. This is available on Amazon. You can get yourself a copy. If you have an aunt, an uncle, an uncle a brother uh, that just they don't get it. Get yourself this book. It will arm you with the tools and the tactics in order to orange pill all the people around you. Anyways, everybody, let's get to the culture. We have a lot to talk about. The Daily Culture. All right, guys, I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Kaboom Racks. Kaboom Racks. Kaboom Racks. Kaboom Racks. Kaboom they're the most trusted place to buy, sell, and host mining equipment. You got to check out their racks. You can do that by scanning the QR code on your screen right now. It'll take you directly to the Telegram marketplace where you can connect with a member of their sales team. They make purchasing their products easy and transparent. You could also sell your mining equipment with Kaboom Racks. You can access their vast network of domestic and international customers when you sell your mining equipment with them. What are you waiting for? This is where I personally buy my Bitcoin mining ASICs. Check out Kaboom Racks today. You could scan the QR code or check the link in the video. All right, guys. So usually in the culture, I try to propagate the best Bitcoin culture. Today, we're going to kind of have a social commentary on culture at large, popular culture. And before I go into this video, guys, let's put the politics aside because he's hitting the nail on the head. It is the money printer going out of control that is hurting every single one of us. And I have this video here that's made the rounds this morning. It might have aired last night, might have hit Twitter last night, but this is Stephen A. Smith. And if you don't know who Stephen A. Smith is, he's an ESPN sports broadcaster, you know, sports ball broadcaster. And if he is even seeing the problem, guys, I think this is just more signs of what we will be seeing happening in, in culture at large. People are starting to feel the pain and people are wondering what is going on. And as we see, it is almost time that we try new ideas. It's almost like we start talking, stop talking about all the problems and we and we start advocating for solutions and of course here we think the solution is simply bitcoin opting out of the fiat madness selling your dollars for a better money one that cannot be debased one that they can't print more of so anyways before we go into this um i will compare this to what we heard from janet yellen this week as well but let's play this video it is a little long it's at 1.25 so uh if i might, I might cut it a little short but here let's just go to it wait 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 make it true Hold on, Opti, why don't you just pull up the clip on my Twitter? It's a minute. Okay, okay, okay. Let me do that real quick. 
All right, guys. Sorry, I, I had the whole long one here for you guys. Uh, he goes into a lot of different problems going yeah, on in the world. I, I got it. Homie. You have it? I, I got it. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, let's check it out, guys. Here we go. How the hell do you print money for foreign countries? But you don't print that money to help eradicate folks that are starving right here in the streets of America who were born and raised here. This is what I'm talking about. And so when you have something like that, what's the one way to eradicate it? Yes, you got to have a flourishing economy. Yes, you can't have inflation. Yes, you can't be on the verge of a recession. Milk don't need to cost $7. Bread don't need to cost $5. Don't get me started with how much sugar costs. You can talk about employment all you want to. You can talk about the labor participation rate. But guess what? If you ain't making no damn money and you got to get two jobs to pay the same prices or to buy the same amount of stuff that you used to buy and the price is higher than it used to be because of inflation, then guess what? What are you really accomplishing? How the hell do you print money? There I we mean, go. I mean, dude. Wait, like, before we before we fully discuss it, though, he is a little misguided about like, let's print money for average American citizens. I would say that that would also accelerate the problem. But he does hit on what we talk about here all the time. And Nico framed it always as you cannot hide the shock of the sticker price at the grocery store. And everyone is feeling this and everyone is waking up to the same thing. And now you're seeing that this Bitcoin signal, the, the things we've been talking about constantly is starting to bubble over into popular culture where even a sports broadcaster is hitting on the actual problem. They're printing obscene amounts of money. Anyways, Nico, jump in and then let's uh, contrast this to what we saw from Janet Yellen that, that she's trying to stop the solution. Yeah, so like, okay, so... It's a step in the right direction. And yeah. the the thing that he pointed out about how, like, how the hell are these, I call them the bureaucratic elite, they're using the power of the money printer not to help everyone else. They're using the power of the money printer to enrich themselves. And what Bitcoiners have come to terms with is no one deserves the godlike power of being able to create money for free that another human being another human being has to work for has to put time and energy for right so the issue isn't necessarily we're print like why aren't they allocating this money they're not incentivized to why would they be they're incentivized to enrich themselves they're not incentivized to oh let's put that in this place if you had the power of the money printer what would you do I mean, of course, you have morals, you have ethics, but do you I believe print. the people that get to the top of the food, the political food chain, right? Where you you can even make the argument that like moral, could you make the argument that some of those people are moral, right? I'll ask you guys that question, right? Um, and he's identifying that. He's identifying that the thing is broken, inflation. He is one step closer to the inevitable answer. And the inevitable answer to this problem, all the things that he laid out is Bitcoin. And he just he just took another step closer to finding that answer. Because what he fundamentally asked, maybe it wasn't a direct question, but he asked the same question. 
which is what is money? That's what he asked. Like, like what is going on here? Why is this? And he's talking, he's like, why is the price of milk? Hey, uh, 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 Mr. Smith, that price is not going back down. Even if they get, even if they make inflation slow down, that you're never going to get that $3.69 gallon of milk anymore. That's gone. That's done and dusted. And essentially what happened is they stole time and energy and work and effort. That's what they did. Because essentially what this is, this is doing is that this is delaying your ability to eventually buy that house. This is making you work twice as hard just to buy the same goods. But like we've shown you with the very useful websites priced in Bitcoin, is that if you save in Bitcoin, even if they do this, it does not matter. That gallon of milk for you actually gets it actually gets cheaper. So it's just a matter of time before influential figures like that person start to figure out that holy cow, this isn't about fixing the government or electing the right person into office. This is about choosing the right money, not the right candidate. Anyways, so all of this is happening. Um, yeah, wait, wait, Nico. Before we do that, there is a good question here, and, and we definitely just touched on it. And he goes, what's the comment? I listen to you guys for Bitcoin, not for politics. And we say it all the time, guys. It's not left versus right. It is orange versus green. And we're hitting on the fundamental issue here going on in the world. It's the insane and obscene amount of money printing that they are using or creating out of thin air. The Cantillon effects happening in real time. This is what it all boils down to. It's the money, guys. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you are on. We are all getting poorer because they're printing insane amounts of money. All right. Now, 100%. And, and before before we play, because we, we're going to do a compare and contrast, right? Which is before we play this the yes you're right this is not this is a bitcoin show it's not a political show bitcoin itself is apolitical it's the money of enemies it's money for everyone but what what it will enable is extremely political and you can shy away from that you can say hey you know that's wrong no it's not this is the separation of money and state and just like the separation of church and state of course, the incumbent is not going to be okay with that. That's why we played you that video of Barack Obama. This is why we're going to play this video of Janet Yellen in a second, right? So if you're not aware of what the other team is doing, it's not left versus right. It's not blue versus red. It's, um, it's green versus orange, the party of nihilism, slavery, poverty, control, which is fiat money. Versus the party of orange, the party of peace, prosperity, decentralization, optimism. That's really the battle at hand, right? Nolan did a great job kind of summarizing this. Anyways, I'm gonna get off my soapbox. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, let's hear. Let's hear what Janet Yellen has to say. You know, obviously, you hear, uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith being a little bit frustrated with all the money printing. Uh, let's see what uh, the elites in power, the uh, you know, the uh, the the I forget what they're called, the the leadership class. Let's see what they're thinking about. Council is focused on digital assets and related risks such as runs, such as from runs on crypto asset platforms and stable coins, potential vulnerabilities 
from crypto asset price volatility and the proliferation of platforms acting outside of or out of compliance with applicable laws and regulations. Applicable rules and regulations should be enforced, and Congress should pass legislation to provide for the regulation of stable coins and of the spot market for crypto assets that are not securities. We look forward to continuing to engage with Congress on this. With this overview, I look forward to taking your questions on these and so I think, look, 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 like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Can you pull it down? So like, like I'm I, like, cause the only difference is like, like the only difference is like, she's like standing and like, you know, maybe I should have wore a jacket or something. Dude, it's we like, need suits. It's like, um, hold on with the paper and like the stuff, like Congress should stop printing fucking money. They don't have and making everyone poorer, and, uh, they should pass regulations so that they don't print money and they stop spending money they don't have at the cost of, you know, everyday Americans, specifically the lower, you know, the younger generations, the millennials and the Gen Zers bashing the papers. Uh, that's what Congress should do. I don't think Congress is going to be able to do that. So I'm just going to opt out entirely. This is what they're focused on. They're focused on attacking the competition because she mentioned something. She said crypto assets that are not securities, Bitcoin. Regulations on stable coins and spot. Why? Why? How about you just stop printing money? How about you stop sending billions of dollars to fund foreign wars? That that money isn't free. That's coming out of the pockets of everyday Americans. And this is, by the way, this is, of course, me and Opti live in the US. So we're talking about it from this point of view. But the reality is that this is happening worldwide. Any government that has a fiat currency, a local fiat currency, they're doing this. And the farther away you get from, you know, the developed worlds like the, the United States, uh, Europe, uh, the UK, Australia, et cetera, et cetera, that have relatively stable fiat currencies that don't steal from you quite enough for you to ask the very fundamental question, what is money? Even though that question is already being asked, uh, you know this. You know, you, you speak to a Venezuelan, you speak, you know, to someone in Turkey, they'll tell you, yeah, the, the, my local currency is dog S, right? So, yeah, I mean, look, I, we can both play that game. The only difference is that she's hiding behind, right, this seal of authority. But in reality, like, you guys dropped the ball. You screwed our generation and Bitcoin is our way out. And now you're trying to use Christine Lagarde's own words. You're trying to close the escape hatch, the escape valve. That's really what you're, what you're trying to do has nothing to do with protecting the consumer. You didn't protect the consumer in 2008. You guys protected the big banks. So I'm sorry if I just don't believe you. I don't believe Janet Yellen and I don't believe Barack Obama. I've seen you guys freeze bank accounts for political reasons. I don't believe you anymore. It's time for Bitcoin. It's time to try something new. I'm sorry, you guys burned all the goodwill, all the trust. You guys lied. And the worst part about it is that you didn't even acknowledge that you were lying. You'd rather just gaslight us instead. So I'm sorry, I'm sick of it. It's over, it's done. I'm trying Bitcoin. You can have fun with your paper. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to Bitcoin. That's my take.
Before I go on, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Chrissy Lagarde escape hatch quote because I was going to mention the same thing. That was just a bunch of fancy words by uh, Janet Yellen to essentially say the same thing is that they do not want you to use something that they cannot control, that they cannot debase. And also, let's not forget that she was kind of talking very favorably about stable coins and, you know, basically proliferating the digital dollar. She's like, yeah, this is a good thing, but there's not these non-security things. We need to clamp down on that. And it just goes to show that the people in power who are vested with the authority to keep you safe, healthy, and wealthy can't do any of these things. And now we, we seem to be getting to a point that we saw in history of the Roman Empire where the political class is just out here trying to loot and gaslight you as quickly and efficiently as possible. And they don't want competition out here. And obviously, the competition for currencies, we're seeing the currency wars happen in real time. And of course, we think it is Bitcoin. We think there are new ideas out there. There's a solution to this problem. And of course, it is Bitcoin. And seeing the comparison and, and the dichotomy going on here where average everyday people, like, look, Stephen A. Smith is a wealthy person, wealthy, and I would say even influential person. And even he is seeing the problems going on out there. Everything is getting more exp expensive. They can't control inflation. And then we have the political class basically saying, yeah, you guys don't deserve a solution. Trust us, bro. We have this under control. When in reality, if you are paying attention and you watch this show regularly, you know they have lost control and they are in full panic mode trying to manipulate the information so that the average person just basically goes down with the ship. And it's absolutely ridiculous. And and hence why we are simply Bitcoin and we believe in Bitcoin. And we're seeing more and more signs that people are leaving the fiat circus and they want to try a new idea. I'm, I'm wholly convinced that the pendulum is swinging the other way. And people are tired of being lied to. They're tired of being stolen from. They are sick and tired of being sick and tired as the meme goes. And there's a solution. It is Bitcoin, guys. It's you know, this is why I think this year is going to be very important for every single one of us to not only Uncle Jim, our friends and family, but to continue to propagate the memes and continue to spread the ideas of freedom that start with freedom money as the base. 100%. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Bars for Opti. Bro, bars. Bars it, bro. Bars it. Yeah, listen! That's cold motherfucking bars! <laughs> I want to give a shout out to all our live viewers between all the platforms. Rubber. Ru <laughs> rubber. <laughs> Rumble, Twitter, and, uh, and YouTube. We had over 500 live viewers today. We wouldn't be here without you guys. So we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys smashing the like button on all the platforms. For our audio listeners on your favorite audio, uh, podcasting platform, shout out to you guys as well. If you guys can't watch the live show or the video version of the show, guys, you could subscribe to us. Uh, please leave us a good review. It really helps on the podcasting platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Fountain, whatever. It's it's your choice. Uh, they're all good. And of course, join our Telegram group. We're at a thousand people in our Telegram group. Uh, you can go to t.me slash simply Bitcoin TV. It's a party in there. People are always posting funny ass memes, so you can check it out. And of course, if you want to check out the written version of this show, go to simply uh, Bitcoin.news and uh, that will take you directly to our Substack, and uh, you can see uh, some of our writings by Opti, by Erasmus, 
And uh, shout out Zach. Zach is dropping hot fire every once in a while. So, uh, yeah, and it's absolutely Every once free. in a while. Every week, basically. Every, every week. Boom. Shout out to Zach. So, uh, so, yeah, check us out on there. Guys, we love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. If you feel like we provided you value, consider subscribing. Drop us a like. We love you all. Spread this content. Spread all Bitcoin content. We must take over the culture. Win over hearts and minds one person at a time. Anyways, I'm your host, Nico. This is my legendary co-host, Optimus Fields, and we'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live.